0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18
1: plus. Blog Talk Radio.
0: Oh, you (laughs) motherfucker. Okay. All right. Blue magic, that's a brand name. like Pepsi, that's a brand name. I stand behind it, I guarantee it, they know that, even if they don't know me any more than they know the, the chairman of General Mills, what, are you talking about, what I'm bro? talking about is, when you chop my joke down, one, two, three, four, five percent, and then you call it blue magic, that is trademark infringement. you understand what I'm talking
2: Hey, y'all, it's your girl, B Scott, here on Tell the Truth Tuesday, Tuesday, January 6th, or I'm sorry, January 26th, 2016. And today's show is the Tell the Truth Tuesday from the Mouths of Babes, Boom Speaks. And today's episode isn't about bashing, it isn't about anything other than my 11-year-old, almost 12, getting things off his mind, getting things off his chest so that he's able to move forward. I mean, he has a debilitating skin condition, which is eczema, but it's not eczema like, you know, we had when we were kids. It's something that's a little bit more debilitating than that. And he came home from school yesterday when I got back in town from Toronto at La Brunch, and he says, you know, Mom, I want to go on your show. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. <clears throat> and I said, okay, because I think it's easier for children to – Speak, you know, to a third party And a lot of times what people understand is that when you're on this show The show is the third party You guys are my third party So even though it seems like, oh my god, this woman can fucking talk And she rambles on and on and on It gets a lot of things off my chest Gets a lot of things off my mind So I don't have to walk around with that shit You know what I'm saying, day in and day out Like baggage And I think that it's important that we instill that in our children as well That they don't need to walk around with that baggage And there's a lot of children that don't want to disrespect their parents or don't want to talk to their parents about certain things, which is why my son wrote the book, Journal of a Kid Waiting to be King, available on Amazon. And, um, on my website, www.stayinyourlane123.com. And that journal was supposed to, A, get kids into creative writing and journaling, but also to let parents know that book, that journal was the third party so that the child is speaking to you, but it doesn't have to be confrontational with you or doesn't have to, you know, feel like they're being disrespectful or anything like that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have my son, call into the show, and then we'll discuss, you know, things about how it is me being a mom and just whatever he wants to talk to. He will not be in my face. He will be somewhere else calling into the show, and then that's how it's going to be. But for now, I want to start this show off with talking about yesterday's La Brunch. I mean, as always, Clean Media pulls off an amazing event, but I think that that might be the last one for me for a while, and I think I'm going to start hanging out with them more in the nightlife situations on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, things like that, especially with the All-Star break coming up in Toronto in 2016. Um, I spoke about Brim's Official, and I put it in the universe, and it happened. I went in there and met up with the owner um, yesterday who's real enthusiastic about getting my Zero Fucks hats in there, and so it works for me. And his store is at 311 Queen Street West, which a lot of people don't know that Vogue magazine rated that Toronto neighborhood number two in the world um, for best neighborhoods, you know, a lot of pop-up Coffee shops and living conditions and things like that. I don't know what the first, with uh, the best, it probably was London. I'm pretty sure it was probably London or Paris. But the um, that you know Queen Street West was Queen Street West was ranked number two in the world. So the fact that my um, merchandise will be available there shortly is just it's really amazing, and I'm excited about that. So what I want to do is. Um, start out with um you know just talking about the fact that brunch has changed a little bit um it used to be very exclusive and for me exclusivity means safety it means that i don't have to worry about certain people saying things and doing things and when you come into a place where motherfuckers are just sitting around waiting for people to get up from table so that they can sit down and they ain't pay for a motherfucking thing that's a problem For me you know what I mean because I don't come in here For all that you know what I mean And I just really don't So it just It lends to Uh um, It lends To me being a little bit more Paranoid than what I should Be um, and I don't Want to be that way so if I got to be Paranoid somewhere I don't need to be there and plus My first brunch that I ever went to was in 2014 and The uh, The uh, theme was basically um, uh, Return of the Jedi. And so what ended up happening was now yesterday the theme is also Return of the Jedi. And so I'm like, okay, you know when they start repeating themselves over themes, it's an issue. Like you, you've you been stagnant, you've been here way too motherfucking long, and it's time to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, it's time to push it forward and start finding other things that you could do in the Toronto area. We were so goddamn tired you know me vache and um and uh Simone, we were so goddamn tired by the time we left the brunch at seven p m You know we had been driving, we drove an hour and a half to get up there um that we went back to the condo, kind of crashed out. Got up at, like, 1130. We're on the VIP list for Wildflower that night. Didn't make the goddamn club because we were so exhausted. But it worked out because we were able to get up the next day, enjoy the day, go grab something to eat, and just, you know, kind of be in the moment. So I am getting ready to just play a track while I wait for my son to um, call in and then we'll have a conversation with him. And like I said, it's not something where I just, I want to know what's on his mind. When your kid asks you, mom, can I be on your show? You kind of, you say, yeah, you know, and you go with it and that's what you do. And um, you just try to, you know, not censor what they're saying, but if he feels like it's easier for him to talk to me or to talk to anybody or talk to other kids, on the radio, then I want there to be documentation of that. I want him to feel like he's a part of this movement and that he's important. So, ain't no telling what these kids are going to say.
0: Coming in the mail, let her open arm. I'm hoping for a check again. Ain't no tellin'. Yeah. She invite me to the telly. Keep the blade with me when I go to check a bitch. Ain't no tellin'. Yeah, police coming round looking for some help. On a case that gotta solve, we never help. Yeah. I stay up late at night thinking about my life. On a live will I get it all. Ain't no tellin'. Ain't no tellin'. Yeah, ain't no tellin'. Yeah. No tellin'. Ain't no to the suitcase. I've been living out a suitcase. Still drinking any if it's done. I say the do say, who say? Fucking all you niggas, two face. Got the club going up on a Tuesday. True say, I've been going hard, but then again. They no think I'm take a minute am I'm just looking in the mirror like I'm really him, man, I'm really him, you just feeling in, man, I got a plug, can I get a light, yeah, I took the summer off, get it right, yeah, I get it, was a shot, and they fucking fell, niggas like you took the summer off, we couldn't tell, dog, no, just bought an island, got a sale to it, you picked the casket, I put a nail to it, I ain't gotta do it, but fucking somebody gotta do it, hate if someone else did it, fuck, I may as well do it, Envelopes coming in the mail, let her open up Hoping for a check again, ain't no tellin', yeah She invite me to the telly, keep the blade with me When I go to check her, bitch, ain't no tellin', yeah Police coming round looking for some help On a case that got to solve. we never help. Them. yeah I stay up late at night thinking about my life wanna live lie, but I get it all, ain't no tellin', ain't no tellin', yeah.
2: yeah
0: Ain't no tellin',
2: All right, so I think that boom is in place and ready to start answering some questions. So it's kind of just a no-holds bar. It's just something that certain things that maybe he wants to get off his chest and talk about and certain things that as a parent that, you know, I want to know. So that's why we're going to go ahead and uh, patch him in and see what he's talking about. He has a dental appointment tomorrow because he has to get his bottom braces on. So you're dealing with a kid that has glasses, severe eczema, braces. So let's see if he's ready to talk. Boom, are you there?
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Okay. So tell everyone who you are, that you're my son and your age. Don't
1: uh, say your real Boom. name, but. Yeah. I'm Boom, and I'm... Steve's son, and I'm 11.
2: You're breaking up. Do you have it on speaker? Uh, No. Take it off speaker.
1: I don't have it on speaker.
2: Then put it to your face.
1: I have it on my face.
2: Okay, because you were breaking up. So what was the reason that you came in yesterday and said that you wanted to be on the show? Because I don't know. I told you to wait. So what was the reason you wanted to be on Mom's show? Just recent events,
1: my dad. Bullying and all You're that.
2: breaking up I don't understand Why you're breaking up uh, Recent events Like what The bullying Or what
1: Uh, My dad Bullying
2: Now I can hear you So wherever you are okay. Stay right there Because now I can hear you Okay So your dad You're bullying So what did you want To talk about your dad So first of all Let me Let me Let me Disclaimer this You love your daddy Correct
1: Yes, of course
2: Right, and I love your daddy too But we are divorced And sometimes he doesn't make the best choices So let me start by saying This is not a bash fest of your father Well, what is it that you would like daddy to know Because I know sometimes that when you talk to him He gets upset with me Because I tell him things Because I'm with you every single day And he says, well, he never tells me that Or he never told me that Or he don't say that to me What is it that you would want him to know?
1: Well, just (laughs) stuff is going on. It's just not every day my life is okay. It's not just because I say, like, oh, yeah, I'm doing fine, Dad. It's not just it. So you want him to dig deeper? Yeah, just, like, actually care.
2: I don't think it's that he doesn't care. I just think that when we don't make him aware of what's going on, because this is stuff that's going on with us every day. And let me just give some people a little bit of background on your dad. So, you know, his dad lives in Houston, Texas. We live in upstate New York. He only sees his dad once a year in the summertime. And he has his father is remarried to his third wife. My son has a baby sister, Jocelyn, down there, cute little girl. And um, she's, she's like three years old. And so prior to this just past summer, my son did not see his father for three years, which is unacceptable. We've already come to that conclusion. No, I did not keep my son from him. The address has never changed. But that's something that is between him and his father. So at this point. Um he my son went down there, spent a couple weeks with him during the summertime, and then he also had a birthday celebration down there in March. I brought him down there both times um and so, what do you feel was the
1: best part about that? Boom? no, just finally being with him for a while, mm-hmm. uh seeing how life was down there, mhm.
2: Um, and now now that you're back home, what are some things that you think that fathers need to know about their relationships with their children, especially with their sons? Like, what is it that you think that dads could
1: do better? Trying try to their understand kids their more, children better. Seeing their kids more, like you said, understanding their kids more. At least try to understand them, at least. Um, what do you think daddy doesn't understand? Just that everything's not hunky dory, and just everything okay. isn't okay. Just because I say it's
2: okay. So, for example, you 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 had issues with your skin, and a lot of people don't know that. You know, I'm always running late places, and most times it's because I have to give my make sure that my son takes a shower, and in recent times takes what we call a bleach bath. And what that is because my son had a staph infection. Um, on top of the eczema because his skin was open everywhere from head to toe. And the reason I don't post pictures of that is because it's none of anybody's goddamn business, but also because I don't want to exploit my son like that. And I don't need help. We have, you know, doctors and, you know, insurance and things that take care of it. We're just trying to get the right combination together. And I think that what I saw the change in you was when I had to, you know, bathe you down in the bleach bath. You were screaming like it was acid. Okay, and then having to rub that steroid cream on you. You're on three different medications, and I just think that that's, because I don't post it because it's none of anybody's business. It's our family. I think that Daddy doesn't think it's as bad as what it is. Is that what you
1: think? Yeah, definitely, because he didn't, because when I went down there, he it pretty much made everything valid that, yeah, everything is okay, because I was perfectly fine when I went down there. Right. I mean, you still had some
2: flare-ups. You still had to take your medicine, but not the same medicine that you're on now. Um, And in addition to that, I don't think that Daddy understands that, it's it's a lifelong thing like we have to tend to this like three times a day and then there's antibiotics and there's steroids and there's stuff that, you know, makes you sleepy, stuff that makes you stay awake and then there's blood everywhere when you're bleeding and you're itching yourself to death in the night and he didn't know. Um, I think another thing that perhaps um, bothered you in recent time was when you asked, you know, you, you were upset and you wanted me to stay home and I told you I can't stay home because I have to go to work. Um, And a lot of people don't know I pretty much work six and seven days a week. And, um, you know, I keep the insurance on my child. And um, I think that that perhaps also bothered you because you're like, my mom has to go to work all these days to take care of me, and dad doesn't know that or dad doesn't care. Is that what you felt?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
2: So what's it like being my son? So a lot of people know me as this particular person on the Internet or this particular person Working or whatever, whatever. What do you think is your best memory of of me as your mom? Um,
1: just the um places um we've gone, restaurants and all that.
2: Right. And now, what's the worst memory of me as your mom? Because I want to be even. I want to be fair. Because I don't want people to think that this is a one sided little interview. Because I want to know. You know, I know one time I asked you what could make me a better mom and you said, you know, if you were able to stay home more with me and I told you that when you were younger, I did stay home with you and that being broke was not an option. If I stay home, we're going to be poor and then we can't go to the places that you like to go and eat at Nobu and go to California for your sixth grade graduation and you can't go to private school because, I, you know, I have to work. I'm always going to be a huffer, I'm always going to be somebody that, you know, has to go to work. But I work so that Work hard and then we play hard. So, what was one memory that you didn't like about your mom?
1: Ah, uh, just like you said. I mean, you're not abusive or anything, so there wasn't really that <laughs> aspect. <laughs>
2: According to people on the internet, your mother's very abusive, but
1: okay, not to you, but
2: to them. Yeah. Do you feel well, that I really- discipline you properly for the things that you do? Um. Yeah. Mm. Hmm like when you get grounded from the computer for a month because you were being lackluster in school or not doing your chores like you're supposed to, correct?
1: Yeah, I guess it's pretty even.
2: So what's your least favorite memory?
1: Um, Just that, I guess.
2: What, that I'm not there sometimes at night?
1: Yeah, I guess. And you're with your grandpa?
2: No, tell me. You're saying, yeah, I guess. I want to know. Yeah, that's it. So you wish I could just stay home with you all day?
1: More or less, yeah. Okay.
2: Now, take that. And what do you think about, you know, when you see other people's parents and they're not with their kids all the time and it's not because they're at work? What do you think about that? What do you think that your peers think about that? Huh? So, like, you have friends that have moms that have boyfriends or that, you know, Moved on or whatever. What do you think about that? I just think it doesn't make any sense. If they're not going to work and they're going out on dates and they're doing, and that's very normal. But if they're going out on dates and things like that, how does that? How would that make you feel if I started dating again and was able to spend even less time with you because I'm out
1: dating? I mean, I'd have to respect that you you need to have a love life as a, you know, divorced parent and all that. But I mean, when it's to the point where you're. Kid, like, well, if it's the point where your kid is begging you to stay home and you're going out on dates frequently, like, frequently, like, like a bunch of times a week, it's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. On top of the think that other kids your
2: age think that,
1: yeah, I definitely think other kids think it's kind of out of hand if you do that. Okay, now do you think
2: that um, what are some things that you think daddy could do that would, you know, make him um, not make up for the last time, but just make him understand where you're coming from? Because a lot of people don't know that my ex-husband got remarried about three years ago. We didn't find out that he was married until the weekend of your birthday, which was wrong. Yeah. That was wrong. Um, and I don't have feelings either way towards the wife. However, I don't appreciate because I think that anything that you tell a child about the other parent is abusive, whether it was true or not. um, It's abusive because you guys don't know you're young and you don't know how to process that information. So it doesn't behoove me to tell you what happened with me and your daddy, you know, 10 years ago, and he's got a new life, I have my own life, and it is what it is. However, as a woman, and I will say this just like I told you, you have to look at the woman and say, if I'm with a guy, say I did date, and I don't. You, you've not really met any man that I ever dated, with the exception of the Detroit character, which is why we don't bring him around anymore because he was, you know, the elephant in the room. And, um, and that was hurtful. So I think that it's important for parents to know, especially, you know, females, but men too, that when you keep bringing people around your children – you guys get attached. You guys let your wall down. And then when that person disappears, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, this is somebody that you chose to, because cause if I'm not spending time with you, I'm at work. I take my one day a month or, you know, go with Aunt Kendra or something like that. But for the most part, I'm in the house. I don't, I don't really go anywhere or do anything. Contrary to popular belief, trust me, I live a very boring life. I'm with my kid, and that's what it is. And he's never with anybody other than family. So and I take you to your activities, and I think that that's something that daddy, you know, misses out on as well. Daddy doesn't take you to your lessons on the weekends, and he's not here to meet your teachers when, you know, school starts and things like that. But as a woman, if I'm going to date somebody and I find out that you haven't seen your kid in years, I don't care what the excuse was. I don't care if you said that the the mother was uh was going to incarcerate you, call the police, whatever, whatever. There's no excuse for that. And unfortunately, look at her as a woman, not you, but me. I have to look at her as a woman and say, what kind of woman are you? Because I would never stand for that. I, first of all, I haven't dated very many men that had children anyway. But if they did, it wouldn't matter what the ex asked for. if If she asked you for a million dollars and you had to give it to her and you have it to give, give it to her. Because I'm an ex-wife. I'm somebody's mother as well. And so I feel like you have to look at the type of woman that is and understand that also if the woman doesn't like me, she can't like the child because you're a product of me, the best part, right? And so it's very easy for people to be like, oh, you know, I I, I like the kid and, you know, this, that, and the third. But at the end of the day, as a mother, you're going to always look out for your child first. So now that she's a mother and she has your sister, of course, her your sister's best interest is at heart. But a lot of times I think that you think I'm being harsh when really because you're the oldest, you're eight years older than your sister, you are the firstborn as well as the oldest, as well as the boy, as well as the namesake. There are certain responsibilities that come with being your mother, and those have to be respected. Do you understand? Yeah. Okay. So it's not that mean. It's just that mommy wants to make sure that everybody's getting what they need from your father. And right now you're not. You've been very um, expressive with that, you know, especially with the bullying situation. You know, we had to go up to the school. I had to have a conversation with your principal about this boy that called you a nigger, spit in your face. And a lot of people don't know that you're five foot four, 150 pounds. You know, you're you're bigger than me. You know, we could, your shoe size is size nine. That's the same size as your grandfather. You know, so I think that fathers are important because it shouldn't be my brothers, your uncles, teaching you how to fight or teaching you how to be wise or teaching you, you know, how to be a man. You know, and I think that that sometimes hurts your feelings, but you don't want to tell daddy that. So now's an opportunity for you to tell your dad, you know, these are some things that I would like to do with my dad. It could be simple. So you want to tell if Daddy was listening right now? What are some of the things that you want to tell him? You want to do in two thousand sixteen?
1: Well, I'd like him to call more often, um, regardless okay. of work schedule or anything. I mean, you can't just have a kid, forget about him, and then have another kid and just focus completely on them. You have another kid, so you should. Call them more than once or twice a week because I agree. Just because that oh, those one or tw- um, two times a week you were free. It's not free time that you call me. It's all the time you should.
2: I agree, and that's free, so that should be something Daddy can do. And what's something yeah. else that you wish you could do in 2016? so that he has a very clear understanding of what it is as a child that you need from your father because fathers are important. I'm not a man, I can't, you know what I'm saying, I can't raise you to be this great man because I'm not a man, I'm a female. I could teach you many, many things, but I'm not a man, so I can't teach you those things. They have to come from somewhere. Um, So name some other things that you would want from your dad in 2016.
1: Well, it'd be nice if he saw me more often rather than once every two, three years, not even. Um, It'd be pretty nice, you know, as as I said earlier, calling me more often, but talking to me longer as well. Uh, Literally the conversation is, hey, son, how you doing? Is school okay? Is everything okay? Would you eat? Something like that. And just love you, love you too, bye And then that's about it Conversations last maybe two or three minutes Mm -hmm. That's it
2: What would you like him to ask you? Because you know he doesn't know, boom
1: Yeah, I know that But what
2: what do you want him to ask
1: you? (laughs) I mean Because you're you're not so
2: forthcoming with information sometimes
1: Yeah, more than just And I've already (laughs) had
2: this conversation with your father about this But go ahead
1: I mean, more than just those couple of questions. I mean, obviously I'm pretty much saying the same thing every day, like, besides, like, what I had for dinner. So, I mean, maybe he could notice the pattern that I'm saying the same thing every time he calls. So,
2: <laughs> Now, something else that you will want in 2016, I think that it's important for you and your sister to be close. You know what I mean? I'm close with my brothers. I'm close with my sister. And I think it's important that you also talk to your baby sister on the phone. I think it's important that you develop a relationship with your stepmom, you know, and that maybe she should be calling as well and putting your baby sister on the phone. And, you know what I mean, just making sure that that communication is there. You can't just, you know, put it on daddy because if they want to be a family, you, you can't play house. Like, it's a family then. You know what I mean? So she is the stepmother, that is your sister's mother, that is your father. It's a family unit. You understand? Just like if I got a boyfriend or I got remarried or got I got engaged or if I had a baby, it's just as much your father's responsibility to have a relationship with the man that I deal with. You understand what I'm saying? Because he's the person that's around you the most.
1: Right? Yeah. Right? But now,
2: why do you think that mommy – now, here's what's crazy, because what daddy doesn't understand is that because of the way that he acts, that interferes with me and my personal life, because you don't want me to have a boyfriend, correct?
1: No, not really. Why? I mean, I think you already deal with enough drama here and at work, so.
2: You think I have what?
1: I think you deal with enough drama here and at work, and besides, you sleep pretty much when you don't work, so.
2: do so you think I don't have time for a boyfriend?
1: No. Right. But could it also be
2: that you don't, you, and I asked you this before, I said, do you think that if mommy gets a boyfriend that, you know, is serious that you're going to kind of be left behind? And you said yes, and that comes from, you know, seeing what happened with your father even though maybe it wasn't intentional I don't think that daddy understands that that's something you're still a child that's how you feel you know what I mean and all feelings are valid right
1: yeah
2: right so you know and and I've told your father before you're very lucky that I don't have another man in your son's life and that I don't need you know somebody you know taking care of you I kind of just do what I need to do. And if he can help out, that's great. If he can't, it is whatever. And it is what it is. But I've always said, and I have a motto, which is if you can't spend the time, spend the money. And if you can't spend the money, spend the time. And I think that you're starting to understand the value of money. Um, you know, when you said to me, Mommy, I don't want anything for Christmas. I just want a kitten and, you know, maybe some clothes. And you knew Aunt Kendra sent you some things and Mr. Roosevelt, you know, your other grandparents down in Atlanta. And I think that, um, and your daddy sent you your blender and your jacket. But I think that you under are starting to understand the value of money and why it's important for me to go to work. Because when you're sitting in a pediatrician's office and they're able to see you ASAP, and they're able to send you to a specialist that's not even taking, you know, clients or patients for another couple of months. That's the power of making sure that financially you're okay and you have insurance. You understand what I'm saying? And
1: yeah, yeah.
2: I think that you're getting to the age where you're starting to understand that there's certain responsibilities that I don't talk about because I just do them like second nature. And some people don't look at them as second nature, and that's okay. Right? It doesn't mean I'm the better parent. It just means I'm I'm responsible for you because I have to see you every day. And so, you know, you have to understand there's a saying called out of sight, out of mind. It doesn't mean that, you know, daddy forgets about you ever because he doesn't. It's just that you have to understand that sometimes he's not in a position to do anything. Right? Yeah, but yeah. I under huh? Yeah. But when he does do things and then he's not able to do them for you, that hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. Like if he can go out of town and go do things, and if he can, you know, do X, Y, and Z, and then it's like, okay, well, what about me?
1: Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You know? So, I mean, I just think that fathers are important. Do you want to tell the listeners? as a child, as an 11-year-old, you know, in your advanced classes, and you're a little bit mature for your age, but do you want to tell um, the listeners what that anger feels like because you don't have your dad? He's not accessible to you every day. You know, he lives, you know, thousands of miles away. So do you want to talk about the anger that's associated with that? Uh,
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean.
2: So what makes you angry about that?
1: It's just that like you drive miles and miles to go to work every day, same miles every day. You go to your other job and you go home, and you pick up whatever you have to pick up, and and just like you spend like the amount of money in a week that you could spend on a ticket to where we live, or that that Pizza Hut bill, that like those two Pizza Hut bills you could have. Spent on a plane ticket or to to come down here, rather than you know, and it just sort of so angers me. You that.
2: See, so you're saying that you want to see him sacrifice a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I mean we, if we sacrifice more than he does. I mean, it could have. I mean, I see. I just saw him like what a, a year ago, and not like, a year ago. Friend, it was
2: it was in August.
1: A couple months August. ago, yeah. Like, I saw my it dad a couple ago. months ago, and my friend just saw his dad, like, yesterday. I mean, it's, like, I mean, I think I, like I, sec- I pretty much sacrificed my childhood, so I think you should at least sacrifice, sacrifice a couple of pills. I mean, come on. What do you mean
2: you sacrificed your childhood? You've never gone without.
1: So you sacrificed I know, what? I mean, what do you mean? like um, you said it earlier i mean i have glasses i have eczema i don't have a present dad as much as he should be present so i mean at least pay that. you have a braces
2: bit. but that's not a sacrifice that's called you know being a young adult that's called being a preteen um, you never sacrifice anything let's just get that out there you sacrifice yeah, time I mean, I'm just that's what you're missing from your dad i Sacrifice, and I don't feel like going into it because I don't want to make myself look like you know, you know. I don't want people to just think that I'm, you know, bashing your dad or whatever, whatever. But what I am going to say is that, yes, we do sacrifice. We don't eat out all the time, yeah. and I think that's obvious. Um, we don't you know, I don't smoke cigarettes, I don't get my nails done, I don't get my hair done, but twice a year, I don't get my toes done, I don't, you know, go out and just go on shopping sprees in the mall. I you know, I thrift shop or I buy vintage, I buy your clothes in advance because I never know when you're gonna hit a growth spurt and I make sure that I can do as much for you as I can anytime your dad sends money. I always say to you, Hey, do you need anything? You know, Daddy sent you some money today. So it's never been a secret when he does send money. I just think that um, it's getting to a place where you're starting to see that things cost money. Like for you to go to private school. You understand what I'm saying that costs money. It has to come from somewhere, so I have to work. You know, because I, I can't um rely on anybody, not your dad, not anybody, to take care of that bill. And I wanna see you in the school so it's going to happen. Just like I wanted my hats in a certain store and it's happening. Just like I wanted my shirts in a certain store in California. And it happens. So I'm going to get my way regardless, but I don't mind working. And I think that um, a lot of men don't understand that when they start talking about a bitter black woman and they start saying, like, you know, why are you so mean? Why are you so angry? It's not that we're bitter. It's just that when the man's responsibility, the 50% of helping raise that child, is put on the woman to 100%, you know, it causes issues. It makes you hardened. It makes you like, nope, I got to go. You know, many nights I've run out of here where you were crying, where I have to put the eczema cream on you, and I felt like, you know, calling your dad so that he can hear you screaming, but I just don't think that he would get it. And, and and, you know, boom, you have to also understand that. I'm not in the business of telling people things and they can't do anything about it. You understand what I'm saying? So. Why would I tell daddy, like, oh, my God, he, you know, this, that, and the third, and he can't do anything about it when I know that more than anything, you want your father to comfort you. So it's not like if we called him and we said, you know, Boone was in the hospital because he had staph infection on top of his eczema, he was very ill, his face was swollen, and this, this, and this. It's not like he could have done anything. And I told your father quite recently, I said, he's tired of you saying things. He's not a baby. You know, you have to start doing things because he sees me doing things, right? So he expects you to do certain things, too. I'm not his father. I I, I can't fill that void. You know, and I think that it makes you angry, and I think that fathers are important. And I think that, you know, the the situation that we're in is quite different than a lot of women because there's a lot of women that keep their children away from their dads. I don't do that. I flew you down there with my own money. I came back. I flew back down there to pick you up. Daddy paid for your ticket back. But I I paid a lot of money for you to see your dad and for you to meet your sister and to make amends with, you know, your stepmother and everything else. But my number one focus, goal, and priority is you. Um, And I think that it's unfair that I'm not able to date and do certain things because my son has a fear that I'm going to abandon him. Or, you know, you, you should, as a child, you should never feel abandoned. You know, and I think that that doesn't come from me. That comes from the other parent because I'm always here, you know, and I I told your dad a long time ago, I said, you know, he's going to grow up and he's going to realize, you know, what's going on. So I don't ever say anything bad about your daddy. You know when I do, I say, you know what, I love your daddy. He's just making bad choices. Do I not say that? Yeah, you say that. You know, and I don't want to lie to you about your dad. I don't want to, you know, so no matter what he says about me, it doesn't really matter. I don't want to bring up stuff from 10 years ago. We all make mistakes. We all do things. But I just think that certain things that, you know, daddy has spoke with you about were not your business. You understand what I'm saying? That was between me and daddy. So even his wife shouldn't have been involved in that business. Okay? But then again, it goes back to what I said to you before. Nobody's stupid. Nobody's stupid. So at the end of the day, you have to be able to look at things and say, okay, this person owes this amount of money. So even if we take this amount of money out for this bill, whether it's child support, whatever, let's just hypothetically speak, there's still this amount owed. I would not, you understand what I'm saying, move forward with a man that didn't see his kids and wasn't taking care of them. And, again, you know, that's, you know, whatever, but that's my issue with her is that you put yourself in this position, right, but my kid has to be taken care of as well. And you knew he wasn't doing his job. So although you can, one minute you can say that's not your concern and that's not your business, but you married into it. So it is your business. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you think that I just don't like her. That's not what it is. I couldn't care less. I'm glad that Mm -hmm. he's happy. I'm glad that they have a baby. I think that she reminds me a lot of you. However, as a woman, Forget anything else, if she was just any other woman off the street, there's just certain protocol. And women have to learn to be able to say, you know what, if he did it to her, he might do it to me. So I don't put myself in that situation. If I ever dated a guy that wasn't around his kids or that old, more than $100 in child support, I would be like, were you in jail? Was something wrong? You know what I mean? (laughs) But again, these are things that are not your business. So it's none of your business. So you're dad confiding in you about certain things that was just too heavy for an 11-year-old to bear. You know, everybody knows I stabbed your father. Everybody knows I beat your father in the head with a bat. Everybody knows that. But they didn't know the reason why. And people can sit there and say there is no reason. Oh, there was a reason. You understand what I'm saying? But I don't talk to you about what your father did because it's really not your business. You know, and I want you guys to have your own relationship. You know, I don't sit there like for example your stepmother told me that your abuela doesn't like me what where where does that information take me like what good does that information do me because what if i wanted to take you to dominican republic you think i'm going to take you to dominican republic to see mi suegra your abuela and i know she doesn't like me or she's telling people she doesn't like me no i'm not we're going to go to mexico instead you understand what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) So it doesn't, like, everyone is still in battle mode. I'm not trying to battle them. I'm trying to be cohesive, but everybody has to grow up. And I told your father this. I told you this. And I'm saying it for myself. Like, everybody has to grow up. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you're getting ready to be 12 years old. Six more years, you're out the house and in college. You know, and I did not, this is not a baby mama situation. We were married, you know. And I know that it hurts you when you hear certain things like, oh, your dad didn't really love your mom. She was crazy. That's why she, that it's none of your business. You understand what I'm saying? Let me say this. People don't go get married within 90 days because they don't like each other. People don't hurry up and have children within a three, four month period because they didn't like each other. You can look at every wedding picture. You can look at all the pictures when we were married. You can look at every single picture for which you were in with your father. He never had a frown on his face. That's a fact. So the fact that, you know, anybody, not him, other people outside of our marriage that were not there would tell you otherwise your father was terrified of your mother, whatever, whatever, that's just not true. Because if you're terrified of people, you don't divorce them and then come back and live with them two years later in the same house. You understand what I'm saying, son?
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Do you understand what I'm saying? And I just feel bad that that information was given to you on their side, and it's it's not accurate. You know, I have witnesses on my side too, but you're a kid. It's really none of your business. You know, so typically you see the woman in a lot of these situations being bitchy like that and saying little things. I, I want you to find out on your own. I don't want to warn anybody. No, 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 no. You think he's great? Yep, he's great. You You deal with it. You know, But I spent my entire life raising my son that I did not have by myself, and he begged you for me. He begged me for you. The day I got pregnant, he knew it was a boy. He's like, oh, my son, my son. I'm like, dang, I just got pregnant. I don't even know. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) So I don't ever want you to feel like you weren't wanted or that it was an accident. It was definitely not an accident. We were very much in love. We were married, and it didn't work out, and that's okay. But that doesn't mean that he gets to. I agree with you. Move forward and not his business, and not do what he's supposed to do by you. Being a parent is a sacrifice. So hopefully, yeah. you know, when Daddy listens to the show, he can hear some of the things that you would want him to do. Because it's not enough for you to say, "I just," you know, and and that's sad that you have to say, "I want my dad to call me more." But I've had this conversation with your father. But I think that he thinks that I'm making it up or that you wouldn't say something like that because I think he still thinks you're a baby, you know. So I think that it's best that he hear it from you live on air, what it is that you need from him. Now, what do you need from your father? That's what you want from your father. What do you need from your father?
1: Because I know you guys
2: had a Coming to Jesus meeting over the summer where you told Daddy you didn't want to play baseball. And Daddy thought that that was um, not his fault. And it totally is his fault because you weren't you weren't raised in that. Had you been raised in it, you may have loved the sport as much as he does. But the fact that you're into computers and the fact that you're into writing and you've written your first book, and these are all things that are from my side of the family, that shows you right there the nature versus nurture debate, which you're not into psychology yet, but you'll you'll learn. So what are some things that you need from your father as a young man and just any man needs from their father? Time... You need time?
1: Yeah. What is it you want to learn from Daddy? <sighs> Anything that will get me far in life. That's about it.
2: Mhm. And, you know, everybody has their niches. I mean, I think that when you came back from seeing Daddy, your confidence level was very high. When I picked you up from the airport, you were very confident. Your chest was stuck out. You were very proud. You know, and even if it's just those moments, that he's just teaching you that, you know, you're handsome and that you're Dominican and that, you know, that pride, I mean, I'll take that any day, you know, but it's just, you know, I have to do what's best for you, right? And he needs to do what's best for you as well. But like I told him, I say, you don't have one baby, you have two babies. I don't think that there's a second that daddy forgot about you. I just think that you know, Daddy knows that I'm not going to let you starve to death. Daddy knows that I'm not going to, you know, do anything to harm you. Daddy knows that I'm not going to, you know, let you walk around with bummy swag. You know what I'm going to put you in a bad school. I don't ask him for much. I don't, you know what I'm saying, bother him. I just kind of leave it alone. But there comes a time when everybody has to grow up, you know, and everybody has to do their part. And at this point, it's by any means necessary on my end. You know, I don't call down to the courthouse and child support and get, you know, I don't have time for that. We're not on any type of assistance. So, you know, our file would get pushed to the end anyway. You know, I always say I'm part of the working poor. You know what I mean? I work, 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 work for what? You know? But it's to take care of you. So my time away from you is because mommy's a woman and I'm an adult, so I just was in Toronto for the one day that Sunday, but I made sure you had your clothes for school the next day. You had lunch, you had dinner, so on and so forth, you know, so I'm responsible for that. But I think that I would like to see your dad be a little bit more responsible for your mental and physical well-being as well, don't you?
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: And what else do you think? What can mommy do to be a better mom? Aside from I I can't spend more time with you because I'm already here every day, all day. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds good to me. But now what would you say to kids that are struggling with a bully at school? What would you say about that? Uh, I say document, document, document. But what do you say?
1: I'd say that everything they tell you that, oh, tell a parent or tell a teacher something that's not always going to work, that you shouldn't completely rely on everything they tell you. You should document stuff. You should make sure there was witnesses. You should make sure that you can't be in a position where they think that what they're doing is going to, affect you you can't let that take advantage of you you can't let like like kids are out here like getting pushed around and then they kill themselves it's not cool if you do that it's not you shouldn't do that don't do that what are you saying for
2: kids not to contemplate suicide because they're being bullied
1: yeah you shouldn't ever contemplate suicide i mean you were here that's right. For a reason, religious or not, you were here for a reason. And I'm pretty sure you're saying not to let
2: that, you're saying not to let the actions of other kids dictate whether you should live or die.
1: Yeah, like, if, if you kill yourself, they just won. They just took your life. It's not, like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Like, okay, a kid pushed you around all the time. I'm not saying so what. I'm saying, like, that shouldn't be the reason why you died. It's just not worth it.
2: You can't take it anymore. Now, what do you think about the kids that are being bullied and then they bring a gun to school and blow the bully's brains out? What do you think about those kids? Same situation, no? Yes,
1: same situation. That's your whole life. Because you're
2: going to spend life in prison.
1: Yeah, it's not so going to do you, you any good. The kids do ignore them. Don't let them take advantage of you. Don't let them think that what they're doing is effective. So you're saying ignore them, and then
2: like for example, when you got called a nigger. You told me that you laughed at him, and this was like two years ago. You told me that you laughed at him, and I was like, is that it? Like, is that all you have to say? And what that did was take the power out of the word. But I taught you that because that won't be the first time, it won't be the last time that somebody says that to you. And so you have to take the anger out of that word. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, really, that's it? Okay. Yeah, it's it's just the word. It's
1: just a vibration in the air. It can't hurt you.
2: Oh, but words do hurt because mommy hurts people with words every single day. <laughs> Trust and believe But that's their choice to make it That I painful. didn't have to touch people. That I could just say things to make people go back in their hole. Then I started being more effective with that instead of having to physically put my hands on people.
1: Words yeah, hurt but, too. Yeah, but people have to understand that <laughs> though there's a meaning in that word, you can. <laughs> like if they were to call you like a word, you. It's your choice to make that offensive. It's your choice to be mad at that. You It can control your emotions.
2: And I usually never am because I don't care about
1: what people yeah. think. So,
2: Right. So that's where mommy's brain zero F-U-X comes from. Part of that is just because I don't care. So it, it takes a lot to hurt me because I won't let you get that close to me. But, boom, I have watched you over the years become tired of, you know, your bullying situation to the point where you, you became exhausted And the only thing left to do is beat the hell out of him. You understand what I'm saying? But I don't want you to do that because I don't want you to be another statistic, this little brown boy that's big and he beat up this, you know, this white kid and da-da-da-da-da, because that's what it's going to turn into, especially you being my son and then them knowing who your uncles are and knowing who your grandmother was. It's going to turn into a big issue. So I didn't want you to fight him based on that, and all it was was verbal altercations. And quite frankly, I feel more sorry for the child um, in question because well, I know that there's something going on in his home, you know, just yeah, like there's something just going on with
1: you Make that clear Huh? Well, it wasn't just word voice. make that clear, he spit on me and pushed me around a lot Oh
2: yeah, yeah he spit on you as well and you handled that like a champ because that right there is assault If you spit on a police officer, that's assault, but what do I call this little boy? I tell you, that's the future serial killer of America you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? People that have no respect for. So so. where would he learn something like that, spitting on people and calling them niggers and things like that? So you kind of, you know, got to feel sorry, not feel sorry for them, like whatever, but just you kind of got to look at the parents. As a parent, I'm looking at the parents. I'm not really looking at the child thinking like, oh, my God, you demon Satan child. I'm looking at him like, I'm yeah. going on in your home. That's not right. And that's how I want you to look at it. You know what I mean? It's all been documented and you've been handling it very well, you know, but I just think that enough is enough. You know, you're deleting the, the school play and it takes a stronger man, it takes a stronger person to not fight than to fight. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you understand that? Yeah, I understand it. Right. But there there does come a time when it's just it's too much. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm and i hoping that that time does not come for you. But we are going to wrap the show up. It's time for Mommy to cook dinner so that everyone can be with people and eat dinner. So do you want me to play your favorite song? Uh, what's your Howling Wolf song?
1: <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you want me to play?
2: Tell them what song is your favorite song.
1: I'm not my favorite song, but I like the song.
2: Well, sing it. Sing it. I want the people to hear what song you're singing because it's like
1: the song is older than me. All right, so
2: we're going to end the show on Tell the Truth Tuesday. Thank you, my little one, for being on the show. Mommy loves you. Daddy loves you, too. So we're going to we're gonna work mm-hmm. together to get it done. But it's also a, a, a wake-up call for fathers and for mothers. we got to put that bickering shit to the side. I mean, people, these kids are suffering. And like my son said, you know, there's kids out here that are getting bullied in school that are ready to kill themselves because they're not able to speak to their parents. So this was an opportunity for my son who wanted to come on the show to speak about things that are going on here. It was not in my face, this was not scripted, none of that. But we're gonna leave with my my old soul son, one of his favorite songs, by Howling Wolf. It's called Smokestack Lightning. Oh.